Welcome to the Creativity Cocktail. This is an opportunity for us all to help creatives from all over the world grow and heal. These creatives are from across the spectrum of the creative universe. They all have a singular guidance to pour into you, the audience, their soul, their process, and their challenges, and their ultimate victories. Become a member of the community and subscribe today for our messages on productivity, personal development, and service. You can listen to us on all the platforms, and we hope you enjoy this conversation from the Creativity Cocktail, powered by Rising Tides Charity. Hello, everyone. This is Winston with the Creativity Cocktail. As I talk to you now, today, the conversation we're going to have marks our 50th podcast. And there is no more fantastic way to celebrate that podcast than doing two things. Uh, the guest we have on is, this is the second time she's been part of um, our conversation. And we are doing this audio and video. So those of you will see it on Apple Podcasts, etc. And also you'll be able to see it on YouTube and VMO. So let's welcome the wonderful, phenomenal Courtney to the podcast again. <laughs> Congratulations! You are you you have helped us to get to this fiftieth milestone. So thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me back. It's yeah. always fun to hang out with you, man. <laughs> thank you, uh, Courtney. Is a, I, we're going to do something unique today because we're going to do what we do on typical podcasts. But Courtney and I, after we go through like a, a, a quick conversation, we're going to kind of do a little bit of ideating or imagining an idea and I don't know what the idea is we're just going to talk and for those of you who are listening here today this is like the first podcast we ever had where we say you know let's come up with an idea in the middle of the podcast so are you down with that Courtney I'm down that is fantastic so first of all I want you to share with everybody what's going on with you you are doing so many incredible things I you are so inspirational to me your leadership um, the, the stories and the things that I've seen you publish or and getting published, it's just really amazing. So tell everybody what you're up to because it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, so hi guys, I'm Courtney Arlett. Uh, I've been on the podcast before, as Winston said, and I had the pleasure of meeting Winston um, with Sour Milk. And since the last time we've uh, officially talked on the podcast, not since the last time we've talked, of course, but um, on the podcast, there have been some really big uh, projects to come up. There's Pretty For a Big Girl that is still in the works. We are in the pitching season, um, like most creatives trying to get it picked up, funding behind the idea. Um we also did a short film called Fate's Destiny recently, and that is in um, post-production, as well as the short film Thrilling's Eyes, which is in post-production. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's just trying to find the balance, you know, because as creative, you're never short of ideas. You're always short of funds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but you're never short of... <laughs> Everybody, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's like, how do I... Um, feed this need I have, this craving that I have to be able to to 
to still work and do without shortchanging the project because I'm stretching myself too thin. So that's where I am in the middle, in the middle, wow. I guess, of being, becoming, and financing. Yeah, I got you. I've seen um, some of the images from Fate's Destiny, but I know to tell a little, tell the audience a little bit about that project and what it is. Oh, um, Fate's Destiny is a period piece. Yeah. It actually has three different periods in it. It is present day, um, the 1900s, and pre-colonialism. So the story basically follows two soulmates as they make their way through different lifetimes. It's one love, three lifetimes. And they continuously find each other trying to get it right every time. Um, their anchor is a present day because that's what reveals to the audience as they kind of go back and forth mm -hmm. between the different lifetimes, um, where they are now and what mistakes they made before and how they can have the opportunity in present day to get it right. Well, I, I tell you, I mentioned leadership um, and I wasn't kidding because I saw the images and you've got like dozens of people doing lots of all kinds of things to, to be part of your project. So you are a really fantastic leader. You, you, you oh, really you. are. And um, so what you've got Pretty for a Big Girl, which is in pitching season. Um, mm -hmm. it looks like I've seen so much material associated with that. Um, and are you pitching it from, to different spots all over? How is that all working out for you? Um, well, I have been blessed to be able to have people who are connected with different networks. Yeah. So, um, and we've had a few to reach out to us as well. It's not, it's not always a matter of people wanting, it's whether or not they're willing to, what they're offering and what you're willing to accept if it meets in the middle somewhere <laughs> um, for the project. But, you know, during pitching season, we are constantly changing the way in which the pilot is presented. Every And I, I don't think that a lot of people realize that every network has a different platform. So that's one of the keys that I would tell um, different creators as they go to research the platform right. that they are trying to be picked up on. Mm -hmm. Because you may have a great story, but they may tell it a certain way. And gotcha. if you don't, then um, they don't see it fitting because it's not structured the same way. Uh, so, you know, you'll have that. That's cool. Wow. Well, best of luck on that. And I don't even have to say luck because I know it's going to, you know, somebody, some smart person is going to say, hey, this is great. We got to pick it up, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as you know, patience is the key. So. All right. Sorry, I hear. Uh... All right, Courtney. So I have a question for you. I think it was when you were on the podcast last. I don't think we asked this question. And so maybe you can help us with this. So, okay. so when you are about to embark on something creative, so say you're on the set or say you're about to sit down and write, you know, uh, mm -hmm. a story or pick it up. Tell us how you do that. How do, do you have like a plan? Do you have like a, a workflow? Do you have like a system that you use in order to get yourself in a creative space? Um, I would say that my system is actually changing as I get to know people. Uh, because I, um, and you know this, I transitioned from being in front of the camera as an actress to uh, doing 
And that was during stage plays, actually starting the stage plays. So I, I'm familiar with the theater aspect really, really well and how to organize. And it was just transitioning from theater to film. Um, so it's finding what I know that works and then making the adjustments um, as I go for film. And I've been blessed, and you hear me say that a lot, I've been blessed to meet some really talented professionals who I am in the constant state of learning from. So it changes, um, and I think that my process evolves as we go through the the preparation phase. I do now um, understand the importance, I guess, after a few projects. Um, meeting with your team in advance because you know the the idea is just the tip of the iceberg so you have so many things that go into planning who's going to you have to start with your production team you have to have people with you that actually think like you so how do you do that Uh, you write down the idea completely that's the only thing you can do really on your own is to have a complete format um, go through different versions of the draft. That's what starts me on the process of the idea. Then to make sure once I have the idea down, I will get with a friend or two who I trust um, to be able to give me feedback. Because some people, you know, they'll tell you that it's great, but they don't necessarily tell you where they saw the errors oh. and question things. Mm. So they're they're open-ended questions that aren't necessarily the best for any production. So you, if someone has a question, um, to have that tribe around you that can answer those questions, that's also another thing that I do to get in. That's, that's such a powerful um, thing you're, you're sharing, you know, and, and I've said this before, is that really the only way to get stuff done is with people, not through people, but with mm-hmm. people. Um, and, and I take it very seriously that every single person that I know in the world is like, we have like a, a written a relational bank account for lack of a better term. And my goal is to mm. always deposit more into them as possible. There's always something going on that's great with a person. Sure. There's opportunities and people might need some help with something, but most of the time somebody has got something good that, that mm-hmm. and and our goal you know and sometimes can be easier for us as creatives is to find that and to help them with that and and that's what I've seen with you I've seen you do that so really. well you have to be open too I think that that's one of the important things of of learning as a creative you don't stop learning if you ever stop learning you're stuck mm-hmm. honestly speaking um and there's one thing to have a style. We have, you know, different creators that have a style. You watch a Quentin Tarantino film, he has a style. Right. Spike Lee has a style, but that is something that they're deliberate in doing. And then you have the people who, um, for the lack of a, a better word or a better phrasing, they are comfortable where they are and they are not willing to grow. So it's not that they have a style, they're stagnant. And I never want to be stagnant. So I am looking and evaluating my process all the time. Um, I even took a production class recently. I took one last year um, to be able to show from, um, because you 
kind of in your mind know after doing productions, oh, I need to have a production team. I need to do pre-production. But what does pre-production really look like? Every time you do a project, you should be able to streamline. Where did you take that class at? Where did you take that class? Um, Her name... Well, I can give it to you. Uh, let me. Do I have to time the pause? I no, we can put it. We can put in the show notes. <laughs> we yeah. can put it in. You can put um, it in the notes. <laughs> she's not even here anymore. She just moved back to um, to Chicago, but she offers classes for uh, producers to oh, be able to. Um, she basically takes what you have and she evaluates how you are doing the process and how you can streamline. It was it was the best money that I've spent honestly, other than doing a production because I had all of the pieces to the puzzle. They just weren't put together properly. Gotcha. It's just like sitting at the table and you have a puzzle. You got all the pieces. Mm-hmm. You've accounted for all of the pieces. You just don't know where to start. So what she showed me was by organizing your process within the process, like every process has a process and every process has a process. And those processes have a process. So regardless of how many productions you do, mm-hmm. no one is confused. Everybody, it's like the bylaws, right? Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows what you stand for, how you do business. There's never confusion on what happens. If you know on day three of production, we said that we were going to film scenes 8, 10, and 11, then the people who are for scenes 8, 10, and 11 need to be here. That means the scheduling is done in advance. That means that you have already figured out payment with people, you've paid your deposits or however it is that they're going to get paid. You know who it goes to next when it leaves there. You make sure that it's so many steps that you don't think about that cause delays in production. Gotcha. So my continuous thing is um, my consistent, um, constant thing I beat myself over the head is is how do you cross all the T's and all the I's? It has to be done in pre-work. Yeah, it cannot be done during production because coming on to set, it's just like a wedding day. Things are going to go wrong, you know? But you being prepared for how you handle it makes the difference between having a really amazing crew and a disgruntled one. Wow. You know, one of the things you said that is so powerful is the continuous learning. Um, I've known so many people in this world who think that they they might have got an education somewhere or they had some basic kind of success and they figured that that was it. That that was it. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know anything else. They don't need to know a thing. And anytime something gets introduced, then it's a challenge for them. You know, I, I read a book about a topic similar to this, you know, called Mindset by a lady named Carol Dweck. And her theme was really around knowing that you've got to grow every time you encounter something in life. Isn't There's two opportunities. Either you're a fixed mindset where it's like, oh, my gosh, what was me? I can't get better. I can't get an answer. Or you can say, wow, well, that did or did not work the way I needed it to work. So hence, I got to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even if it does work the way you thought it would work, can you make it better? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you here, know, like it's like okay, yeah, we have we have great we have great footage from Pretty Four Big Girl. Amazing footage. We have wonderful actors and actresses who are giving their time. We have a great crew. 
we've had um, sound and all of those things. But when you go back and you look at the production day and you say, call time was 6.30, cast didn't really arrive to 7. Right? That cost um, Breakfast, right, breakfast was mm-hmm. supposed to start at 6.40. Cast didn't arrive to 7, so breakfast didn't start until 7.15. That, that's all money right there. And we don't think about it in that aspect of, you know, if you're filming at, you know, that was one thing she did teach me is to film, is to write for what you have. But if you are filming at a location that you have to pay for it and you have eight hours, your eight hours start from the first person that steps on to set. So if it was supposed to start at 6.30, but it doesn't start till 7. That's 30 minutes that's off the clock that things will push back. Then the actors are now eating from 7 to 7.15, 7.30, where they should have been in makeup. That pushes it back another time. You know, now mm-hmm. you have wardrobe and where somebody um, did not come for the fitting where they maybe lost some weight or they gained weight. So now the outfit that we had that was supposed to work for them doesn't work. Or um, sound comes late, sound forgot something. And so now nobody thought about batteries. Oh my goodness. So somebody mm-hmm. has to go to the store and they have to get batteries. Or uh, someone didn't learn their lines. <laughs> so now. I'm not laughing much, but that's line. a lot to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You don't, you don't think about those things. So when. One of the processes that I've started to do on set is to literally record when things go wrong. Not because I'm planning to beat anybody over the head with it later, but it's for me. And these are the things that happen. What could happen to keep this from happening? What can I do to avoid this the next time? That's right, though. That's like a a coach or like, you know, or director or general that was that's the right thing to do to, to capture what happened yeah and it but it's it's not hard but it's not easy mm-hmm. because you have to take responsibility you know one of the things that's so key these days and for those of you i'm not sure exactly when we'll get this out hopefully it'll be pretty soon but right now we're going through a test in our world where Um, leadership is being tested and we're all being tested with this virus that's happening in the world. And every day I sit there and it's almost like a lesson in what good leadership is or could be and what not so good leadership could be. Like you see it like every day. You can see one person who's not taking responsibility and somebody else who's taking responsibility. It's just so clear as a bell to me. That that's happening. And you see uh, the human condition. Yes. <laughs> because uh, we're going to use just the example of when the idea of quarantine happened, people ran to the stores. And it became very apparent who you had people who were panicking. And now you are apparent, you are preparing for the zombie apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. And you bought everything in the store. But there are other people in the store. You're walking out of the store. There are two people in your house, but you've got like 10 cases of tissue. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny, but because I'm sure that happened, you know, I mean, where people would right. just. I'm like, there's no reason why at one point there was no tissue in the store. 
There should be, like there was an article that I read about a guy who is an Amazon, well, he was an Amazon um, seller. And when he heard about the disinfectant, he said people need tissue, they need tissue, they need disinfectant, they need wipes. He went and got a U-Haul truck and literally drove to all of the family dollars near him within driving distance. And he bought their whole supply. Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, different stores. Then he went online to sell product for where he normally was when someone would spend a dollar or two dollars. He was now charging between eight and forty one dollars for the project. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the product. I hate to be. And he was in yeah. Alabama and he was going back and forth between Alabama and Tennessee. So now this man has a garage full of sanitizing products. Uh that he can't sell because Amazon shut his store down because he was gouging prices. And he he probably is upset about that. But the energy of, the energy of the universe works itself out, in my opinion. And you know when it comes to this, I am a capitalist just like the next person. Um, you mm-hmm. know because I have businesses, so I'm I'm a capitalist. I like to make money and like to do that. But you can't do you that. Don't. Yeah, you can't do that at the expense of the other human beings. The energy you create is going to get you. There is no doubt about it. So instead of one buck for them sanitizers, he was charging whatever he was charging, five bucks or so to get that money. But now he's probably, when he's doing his balance sheet, he probably ain't making no money because Amazon shut down his store. Amazon shut him down and it was crazy because whoever found out about it actually did an article about him. And um, they took a picture of him standing proudly in front of his U-Haul truck with a garage full of hand sanitizer and wipes and Lysol wipes and Clorox wipes and his brother said I told him when he got ready to go that that was wrong but he wanted to do it anyway but you were proud that you were able to buy out the stock from all of the surrounding areas that's the kind of stuff that we see where you know he wakes up and somebody busts into his garage and everybody in his neighborhood and the neighborhood's over half supplies because you I think that, you know, in this particular time, one, people need to stop watching, um, uh, was it, was it a containment? They don't need to watch containment. Oh, they don't need to watch con- containment. Contagion? They I don't watch. need to watch I watched it. I tell you, I watched it. And it was like, it's like a horror movie. I ain't kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a- <laughs> they don't need to watch it, man. They don't need to watch that. They if don't you, need to watch uh, The Walking Dead. They don't need to watch nothing because these people are losing their minds. If you ain't got your mind right and you watch that contagion, you will go nuts. When you think about the amount of stuff that we be touching and what I, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. movie. So movies have dramatic effects, right? So in that movie, we, some, we, somebody touched something and then they die like, you know, three minutes later. That does, that's, not, that's not what's happening. But I could see if you don't have your mind right, how you would react poorly to that. You would be like, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, I got to go and act bizarre and take all the food. I went to, I went to the uh, supermarket, try to get some food. Only thing I could get was some ribs. I was like, damn, why did they take all the other meat and leave the ribs? And you know what I did? But I got the my, ribs. My thing is, yeah. why, y'all, why is there so much, um, why all tissue gone, but ain't no, about all the soap still in? You're going to have a half clean butt? I'm confused. Like, you don't wipe your butt, but you're not going to clean it. So you, you don't need no soap. It's some soap, dude. We're not, we're not buying the toothpaste, though. The toothbrush is still there. So you're just going to have a snake breath and clean 
I heard somewhere that people can control what they put in their mouth and they think they can control what comes out their body. <laughs> and so, and so. the thing is, they're talking about this particular thing. It is they have been saying over and over again that it is this particular virus attacks your immune system. The whole fresh food section is there. <laughs> All the vitamins are on the shelf. That's right. <laughs> All the immune support is on the shelf. I'm confused. Yeah, that's I'm a... confused. I'm like, guys, hello. I'm like, no, I'm sorry that you bought all the airborne, but airborne is sugar and vitamin C. That is not really going to help you all the way. So, hey, so people out there, there's someone right now, Courtney, you've inspired me. Um, but there's someone that's that hasn't heard you before or they're hearing you today for the first time. And they're saying to themselves, I want to be, I want to know, I, I want to get some advice from Courtney in regards to what I should do next. I'm creative. Just, you know, I think I'm creative or I used to be creative. And now I'm not. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And so, and so say you're talking to that person now and, you know, it's just you and he or she. What's, what's some advice you would give them? Find somebody else to talk to. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> may not be a person that they want to talk to. They may want to get somebody else to feel smarter. Um, I would definitely say that one, so there's a couple of different things that you mentioned. You was like the person that used to be creative, the person that doesn't know where to start, and then the person that is looking for direction. Um, so let's start with the person that's looking for direction. Find you a mentor. Find you someone who is smarter than you, that has people that's smarter than them, that has people that are smarter than those people. Mm -hmm. Because you want to be around people who one, can teach you, two, who are not afraid to correct you, and three, they are in the constant state of learning, so you will always be in the constant state of learning. Okay? Awesome. Um, stay away from the people who feel like they have arrived and they have nothing else to learn, mm -hmm. because when you begin to grow a little bit more than what they are used to, that's where the issue comes in. So, yeah. find you a mentor. I think we witnessed that before. <laughs> you see the blinking? It's not yeah, so. Yes. So, for those of you who, uh, who were just hearing the audio, uh, that, that pregnant pause was intentional because Courtney was giving me a, uh, a very deliberate look. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then when you're talking about people who uh, used to be creative but they want to get back to it, start. Um, I learned earlier on that it does not matter what your first draft looks like. Because it's is going to draft that you ever created. It's, there is no one, regardless of how talented you are, the first time it comes out, it's not going to be perfect. I would agree the that. idea is to be able to create the outline, to create the structure, to be able to get it from your brain onto paper so that you can look at it and say, I like this, or that completely made no sense right. in my brain at all, and I just got it out, now I have space for more. It is to just start. You can give yourself the same amount of time that you give yourself on social media, the same amount of time that you give yourself talking on the phone or texting or doing absolutely nothing. You give yourself that time. 
I'm not telling you to overwhelm yourself with, I've got to write for an hour. No, well, what if you take 15 minutes, 30 minutes out of your day? That's right. Whether it's in the morning when you first get up or in the middle of the day when you're on your lunch break or it's before you go to bed or when you get home and it's your way of decompressing and you say, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to write. Yeah, I, I shared on. Yeah, I shared. Yeah. I shared on a recent. I've shared this book that I wrote, I read recently called Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear, and what he said is just what you just said, is that we got so much stuff to do, we play so many roles in life, is that just take things in little small morsels, like the fifteen minutes you said, just fifteen mm-hmm. minutes and do writing, or whatever your goals are, and um, just just try to take it that way as opposed to trying to say, all right. I've got to write a screenplay and I got to write it this weekend. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen usually. So, Courtney, as always, you are phenomenal to have on the podcast. We're going to do something new and thank you for indulging us. We're going to take a couple of moments to do the creation discussion where we just talk about an idea and we just talk about it for a few minutes. And I have no idea what it is and no idea what's going to come out to be. But just for our audience to, to, to kind of engage in it. So the topic today is creating a series. And this is based on the genre that I like the least. So I decided to pick the one that I, I just have a, a definite dislike for. I, I really see any movies or TV shows in this genre that I like. And that is horror. <laughs> Okay. That is horror. Okay. And um, and there's, there's probably good reasons for that. I can, you know, I just horror movies just don't work on me. I don't like jump scares. I don't like you know. I don't like you know those movies where something busts out and jumps and scares you and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm from Chicago. I, I uh, swing first and I ask questions later, so that's not. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so an idea when you think about an idea for a horror show, a horror TV show or idea, what's something that comes to your mind? First, I would like to be by listening to this podcast, you agree that you're not going to steal any ideas that you hear today. That's right. This is an ultimate NDA. <laughs> That's right. That you agree that you continue to listen to this and that you are not going to share this information with anyone. That's Thank right. You continue to support. I, we have ways to track you. We know who listens. <laughs> so, that's cool. Thank you for your continued support. <laughs> okay. Um, I am not a- afraid of the things that go bump at night. I don't mm-hmm. believe in them. That's not me. But if the things that usually have me going are things that are really close to reality. Yeah. Um, it's not the things that are so far in fantasy land. You're kind of like, oh, that was cute. Oh, they tried to do that. Oh, they didn't have money for special effects. That's cute. <laughs> um, I tell you, yeah, we, we, we were talking about that talking about that movie, uh, that Contagion movie, you know, which, you know, I saw again. Um, and that movie is supposed to be a thriller or a drama. But to me, that was a horror movie. Yeah, because it's so real what's going on right now. That's right. It's like reality says that according to the CDC, this thing, they don't know if it's airborne or not. Yeah. People used to, used, people used to give me a hard time like, well, to go to the airport because I go a lot. And you know the escalators when you got that thing you put your hand on when you're going up the escalator? 
I never put my hand on it. And people were like, why are you not putting your hand on that thing? Because it's nasty. <laughs> so I'm like, I put my hand on that thing. Yeah. thing. I've never, I've been to the airport super early in the morning and I've never seen a human being ever clean that thing. Listen, I have, I cleaned it. Are you? I was, it was one time, I, it was so disgusting. We were coming back, um, and you know how you're at Hartsville, mm -hmm. and you get off the train, and you're getting ready to go to exit the airport. There's that real long, steep escalator. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had some disinfectant on a rag, one of the little uh, Lysol wipes, uh -huh. and as it rolled past me, I just had my hand, and it was, it was dead clean. I don't know if everybody else do that, but I've done it before. <laughs> I just can't take it. Because it, it looks so nasty. It just looks so nasty. It looks so nasty. So, so, um, yeah, so a realistic horror show, I think that's that's really cool. And I like ones that are intelligent kind of thing, where they sneak up on you, you know, as opposed to like some monsters or some something like that that's just turned, somebody turns into a demon or something like that. Like things that are more intelligent in their mind. You know, like... Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like that. Um, you know what? Uh, also, would probably be cool if it was children, if kids had some kind of way in it. Because um, I think I am all of you know me finding real life situations. What is the moral compass in it, and taking it all the way to the left or all the way to the right when you're dealing with extremes? What do you mean by kids? So, what do you mean by kids? You mean kids as participants in it, or are they the horror? Yeah, people? as participating uh -huh. as as. Like, what if, what if the actions of the parent are a direct reflection of the child and the child is the source of the harm? Uh -huh. That sounds realistic. I'm sure that this... By watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you have agreed that you will not take anything and make your own versions of anything. Huh? I'm, sure, huh? I'm sure there's some psychologists that might agree with that whole premise. Because that's one thing that we don't do, especially within our communities. We really don't go to see therapists the way that we should, I feel. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with a child who has trauma, just for the sake of throwing something out there, and that child begins to show behavior of multiple personalities, at a young age, but the parents don't believe in therapy. Then the mental and the real between like, you know, their, their mental capacity and their real life comes almost blurred that, that fine line. Um, I know it was more like a uh, psych thriller than a horror, but I consider it to be a horror movie. Um, have you seen The Orphan? No, I have not seen that. Don't judge Bruh. me. Don't judge me. I don't know. The Orphan. What That's is that? not a judgment. That's me <laughs> tilting my head to the side and telling me you have homework on tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it it was really is a really I don't want to tell you about it because I want you to watch. It. What what but is? I think is this a new movie or is it an older movie? No, it's 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 been out for a few years, okay. but it's called The Orphan, and obviously it's about a girl who is orphaned. Okay. And it's a horror movie, so okay. she's a little special. Okay. But the twist in it was something that I don't think any of us saw coming. Oh, wow. Where, where is this at? So, is it on a streaming platform or something like that? 
you probably I would just type in the orphan okay. and then see if it'll pop up because you may be able to get it on Amazon Prime. Um, you may be able to get it. Uh, it may be on Netflix. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know that it has to be out because it definitely did come out a few years ago. When I tell you that movie messed with me, <laughs> like, uh-huh. oh, oh. but it wasn't the. It wasn't a demon. It wasn't anything like that. It was no. This is some real. If this happened in real life, this probably has happened, and they're probably talking about it for real. For real, we don't know about it. Um, so see, I yeah, we could do with kids. We can do with the the mind um, and how perception is reality. That could be one thing. Um, we could deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think there are enough haunting movies. I think that there are enough. Um... Yeah, I think about I think about genre. I think about groups of professions that don't usually get involved in horror movies that you don't really see them. You know, so for example, politicians are like horror movies in of themselves, right? They just saw it. You know, you know. Wall Street is a horror movie. That's right. So. <laughs> so Something like that, where there's a profession that you don't know, but they're like involved in some kind of horrific things besides, you know, money that they do today. But like something beyond that, I, I think about things like that, you know. So you're thinking about one dimension or two dimension? Are we only in our dimension or are we going outside? Potentially in two dimensions, you know. I think that when you think about like how I don't, I like those kind of movies where it's, like there are or on like another world almost like a sci-fi kind of thing but everything's not right you know there's there's a lot of sci-fi that says eh, everyone's just you know we just fly out to space and we just meet a bunch of people and they all cool um but you know this kind of world and I, i'm probably of the belief that it's probably more plausible for there to be other dimensions than for there to be a bunch of humans sitting around somewhere else <laughs> you know there's this there's possibility to do that uh, because that, that would scare us. I know it would scare all of us if something like that showed up. <clears throat> what if... You know, I got my brain, got my brain going, as you can tell. I'm like, mm-hmm. What if it was... Uh, the verse, the Bible verse says, the least shall become first and the first shall become last. You know? yeah. What if in the alternate reality, the people who are now in control of this reality were last in the alternate reality? See now that, and I'm like, yeah. What if what if the portal between the two? It was kind of like this was exile. The you know our dimension is exile, but the people who were here decided that they were going to create their own world. So going home, they still are on that. You are the bottom of the totem pole, but here they're kings and queens. So it would explain why there was such a huge, because we include social consciousness in it, that it would explain why there's such a huge gap between the wealthy and the poor. Yes. And there's a cognitive dissonance when it comes to like different groups of people, like black, white, all this other kind of stuff. There's, there's a way to Absolutely. thread that all in there. Wow. So alternate reality. Um, and what if, the keys to unlocking the reality lie in the things that we consider to be the arts. So music. Oh, yeah. 
um, could be one of them. Certain types of music maybe done at a certain frequency can they open a portal. They unlock or they trigger. Right, yeah. And it creates a ripple effect, which is why um, when something horrific happens, it's not earth rejecting something, it's really a ripple effect. If um, the portal was opened in California, it causes an earthquake that's over a certain Richter scale. Well, we perceive if, it. We perceive it as an earthquake, right? Right. We perceive it as an earthquake, but it's really the dimension being opened. Yeah. Either people were exiled here, or they were people trying to go back. So there should always be a group here that are trying to get back home, and there's always a group there that's trying to come here. That's fantastic. And right, we're gonna leave it there. You and I are gonna continue to talk. So for the rest of you who, you know, thank. We'll thank Courtney for being on the podcast, but you can't hear the rest of this because it's going to actually happen at some point. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening. And by listening, you agree that you will not take this. We don't want and to. run with it. And if you do start writing on it, you, we own the rights to it and you got to come. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, Courtney, how can someone, if they want to know more about what's going on, how can they connect with you? You can reach me on social media. Um, you can email me. Uh, let's see. Uh, pretty for a big girl. It is pretty for a big girl. And girl is G-U-R-L. So that's pretty for a big girl for Instagram. We are also that on social media across the board. Um, as far as Facebook and Twitter. You can also reach us via email at the initials for pretty for a big girl series at gmail.com. So that's P-F-A-B-G series at gmail.com. You can reach me directly for business purposes. That's another pause, podcast people. That's that I'm looking at the link in for those who can't see me. Uh, <laughs> at the locket media at gmail.com. Um, I will say this, depending on what you're contacting me for, Please have certain things when you call me. If you call and just get it, cool. If you're calling me, asking me about casting or production, please introduce yourself in your email. Mm -hmm. There is a certain way in which I'm from corporate America. Uh So Winston knows that there's still a certain way in which I handle business and I consider us to be corporate, Mm -hmm. you know? We little we little corporate. We baby enterprises. So you you're not gonna you're not gonna take an email. We still enterprise. You're not gonna take an email that says, "Hey, can I get a job?" Or what's going on? Can I come? Oh through? no! I can I come it's through? Been interesting. Or I've had people say, "Hey, are you casting?" I took this selfie of myself. Are you casting right now? And I'm like, okay, well, send me your resume. Well, I don't have. I would rather an email that says, "Hi, Courtney." My name is so-and-so. I am new to, to the entertainment. I don't have any experience, but I would love the opportunity to be able to work with you. Do you have any opportunities available? If so, will you keep me in mind? That's an honest email that's you saying you don't have the experience, but you're willing to work. That don't necessarily mean I'm going to cast you as a lead person, but that means that I would possibly be willing for you to come on. You can help on set. You can meet different people. You can network. Yeah. You sending me yourself is from the phone you just took and a wife beater with a cigarette in your mouth. 
It's not obviously, real. this has happened before, but it's obviously this has happened before. It sounds like okay. a real life kind of thing. Yeah, something might have happened like this at some point. <laughs> this is real. And you, you're sitting there and it's just like, um, hey, you cast it. I ain't got no experience, but you know what I'm saying? My mama said I can act my ass off. <laughs> Literally, can my mama said. <laughs> You know you're getting a win in there when somebody says my mama said. <laughs> my mama said. And I responded. I was like, oh, hon, I'm so sorry right now. Our casting is closed. However, I would suggest that you, even if, if you cannot afford to have someone do a professional headshot, you have somebody else take the picture of you outside with your mom <laughs> and send it to me. Don't just send it. <laughs> So everyone, let's thank Courtney again for joining us. We are so glad that you helped us to celebrate our 50th uh, episode or show. It's, it's, it's amazing. And for those of you who are out there who are listening to us, we've got such an amazing year that's happened so far. Um, we've got our audio book that will be put together here at the end of the year, including Courtney where people like herself will give guidance about how to become creative or more creative or to spark your creativity. We know it's going to be an amazing audio book. It's going to be over, it's going to be dozens and dozens of people from all over the world talking about how you can get better and how they can help you. Um, and then we're also going to have our workshop. So we had our workshop um, scheduled for the mid part of this year. But as we are talking today to you, we're in the middle of, uh, or the end of March, so this podcast will come out sometime after that. So we'll let you know about, hopefully by the time um, this podcast out, everything will be great, and we will be able to resume events, you know, in earnest, as we typically do. Um, and then keep in mind that our 2021 mission trip is starting to get planned, so start to look for Kickstarters and other ways you can help us. You can also become a premium member of the Creativity Cocktail and the Rising Tides Charity. It's free, and so you can uh, go to our website and go to our Facebook page, and you will see the links to do that. And when you do that, you will get not only great conversations with Courtney and some enhanced conversations that you may not hear today, but also you'll get some um, some interesting podcasts that are different. So you'll get our podcast on creative Productivity, where you'll hear myself and others talk about how to use tools such as Scrivener and Evernote and other things to help you get your productivity and creativity up to where it needs to be. We're super jazzed about being able to give you even more and more ways for you to be awesome. So thanks again, Courtney, for being part of our podcast. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. I enjoy it. I'll be back. I don't know when, but he know I'm coming whenever he don't call me. Let him know. I'm here. Thank you so much. We thank you for joining us today. Remember, God has given you the ability to create abundance and beauty in this world. Every moment is perfect, and you are perfect. Join us on the Creative Circle on Facebook and our Creatives community via our website to receive exclusive productivity and creativity content. We are on all social media platforms uh, as the Rising Tides Charity, and we hope that you will share with us a bit about who you are and what you're going through. Again, thank you for joining us today on the Creativity Cocktail powered by Rising Tides Charity. <laughs>